they're so conditioned to enjoy it the way um, Leon Bassin is talking yeah um, he's eating chicken in my kitchen I just finished rollerblading in the tennis court outside my house and now it's dark and Leon came over to eat Swiss chalet in my presence and talk to me yeah Hello guys, this is Leon, eating chicken and fries. What are you dipping your fries in there? Well, this is the famous Swiss chalet sauce. Swiss chalet, I don't know if they have it. Well, now it's interesting because people hear it outside of Canada. So if you hear it outside of Canada, and you don't have Swiss chalet... Is Swiss chalet called Canadian? Uh, I think so. That's a good question. That is a good question. Maybe our, Ameri our American listeners can tweet at me and tell me yeah. if Swiss Chalet is just in Canada. I think it is. Hmm. But what it is, <clears throat> it's just rotisserie chicken and fries, but they have a very good sauce, which I got some extra. It's kind of like gravy, but a little thinner. Fuck, outside of Canada, they don't even know what gravy is. Or like the people in the States think they know what gravy is. But they have this white gravy. That's like legit gravy. This that's good really trip. legit gravy. It's, it's not like... Because you get the stuff that's really dark brown. It's obviously just powder and yeah. water. That's actually like chicken grease. Yeah, that's what it is. That's like legit gravy. And that's what like chalet sauce is, I, I guess. Anyway, it's great. So I'm just dipping my... I got half a chicken... I got half a chicken, because it's a good value. So I got the breast and like the whole shit. Mm, so good. It looks good. I ate a lot of chicken today. I thought about how it's like this little bird that like, they just shove into like these like boxes with a whole bunch of each other, and they just suffer mm. for like a year and while they get fed, and then they get slaughtered, and then I eat them. Yeah. And then in the year, they give us eggs. Oh, yeah. Which is great food, too. You know, do, they, do, they drop one egg a day. I was honestly like, do eggs come from chickens? Yeah. <laughs> they come out of chickens, eh? Yeah. Chicken eggs. is like the best source of food. Yeah. What a magical creature. Yeah. Like, you keep it around, it feeds you, like, daily breakfast. And then you kill it. And you have a big feast. Yeah, it's like to celebrate. Chickens are awesome. Chicken turns one, kill it. Yeah. First birthday. Chickens are fucking awesome. They taste so good and they give us eggs. And they're healthy too. Yeah. Damn, right on. Chicken. So, yeah, Swiss chalet chicken is good. What's your mission statement, Leon? <laughs> and um, right now, while eating that chicken... <laughs> in this moment? In this moment is to... Just focus on my chicken and eat every single possible edible meat. Do you want some tea? Um, I have some water, but I'll have tea in a second. Okay. Um, but mission statement. It's funny because we just talked about it a second ago. Actually, what we started the podcast with was Todd trying to, or we were trying to figure out Todd's mission statement with mushroom blading. 
the other day me and Todd went skating and we were talking about mission statements and how companies or people should have mission statements and then the actions that you all the actions in every aspect of uh, whatever the mission statement refers to right. have to apply um, have to be worked with the mission statement in mind yeah. so okay how would you define a mission statement what is a mission statement a mission statement is your uh... oh fuck yeah that's a big one it's a hard thing to define, and that's one of the reasons why it's a hard thing to, to it, make. It's like, like why you do what you do. So let's say if it's a business... Why you make the decisions you make. Why? Not, not necessarily. You make the decisions you make to follow the mission statement. But yeah. the mission statement is... It's basically the, the reason why you do everything. So... Okay, uh, to make it easy, uh, I'll, the whole, I, I have a mission statement for Shop Task. Yeah. So the mission statement of Shop Task. But you're Task, telling us what the mission statement is before you can define what a mission no, statement is. No, but I think it would be good for the listeners to have some sort of like a point, a reference point. Okay. And so then. This is an example. Yeah, as an example. And that's where it started from like me and you talking about the mission statement and where companies or like skate companies should really know what the fuck they're doing, like, and what, where they're going. Yeah. <clears throat> Don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> so my mission statement, which didn't come, like, right away, it was, like, I've been in business for maybe six, seven years, and um, I guess everything I did w was in a way towards that mission statement, but when I really started feeling the difference, I really being more focused is when I realize that I need to have a mission statement. I have to have a simple sentence that explains why I do what I do and the reasons behind it. Um, like for example, like Angie's Walton interview was great and her mission statement is it's a family, like, like everything around Daily Bread was building a family. Well, that's what I got. I don't know if that was her yeah. mission statement, but if she was, if I was to like from a side to like break it down to like what, from what I understood was her mission statement would be to build a family, kind of like through rollerblading. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that's probably when Daily Bread ended, she got married. Uh, which makes a lot of sense because Daily Bread was her family. But when this ended, her family became like actually getting married. Oh, I never thought of it like that. <clears throat> that makes Yeah, that makes a little bit of sense. So her mission statement uh, with Daily Bread was... Yeah, anyway, but my mission statement um, is to make rollerblading popular. And... It's a concise mission statement, which a good mission statement should be concise. It should be very clear, very simple. Concise, you mean like short? Um, no, like, like to the like very to the point. Mm -hmm. Similar to precise yeah. in language. Yeah, very like 
there's a lot of reasons why I do what I do, but at the end of it, and just to make it's not to become rich. Obviously, I'm Jewish and I love to make money. Yeah, <laughs> not that I do. Uh, but we all do. <clears throat> we all do. No, there's we, nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, you want to make money because money wanna, is. I want to get fucking rich. Yeah, yeah. It just a, it's a sign of success. You know, it's like just allows like, you to do shit. It's like points in a video game. Yeah, man. It's like power ups. Yeah, you want to make money. Like just that. That's how <laughs> things work. <laughs> but <clears throat> money doesn't matter how much money you have. You can't buy happiness or. Yeah, like, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, your mission statement couldn't be... Money, exactly. I want to make money. Because why do you want to make money? Exactly. There's something... Uh, uh, that's how I define a mission statement, is there's no last question. There's no, okay, why do you want to make money? Okay, why do you want to be happy? Okay, why do you want to be healthy? Exactly. Um, and that's why it's a lot more difficult to define a mission statement as a person. I think it's a lot easier to mm -hmm. just define a mission statement as for company or an organization or even like a certain aspect of yourself like what do I want to accomplish with this with like, my chicken with my chicken my, what is your mission statement with your chicken just strip it down to its purest bones would it be to to extract as much from it as you can get my money worth get your money's worth why do you want to get your money's worth um Why? <laughs> this chicken is so fucking good. Um, I don't know why. But back to mission statement, for real. <laughs> um, so me and Todd were talking about it, and how I think some companies don't have a clear vision. And every decision that your business makes, like, so basically as soon as I realized, all right, like, and I'll tell you why I realized it. I went to like a business seminar and I listened to a really good speaker. And uh, um, it was all about like uh, kind of like architecture of a business. But the core of everything, it's like, what's your mission statement? Yeah. What, what are you trying to do? Like if you're building a building, you're trying to build a 30-story building. And whatever you put in the building all works towards that goal of building that thing. Yeah. Or like creating a product. Same with like a company, like a business. In order for it to function properly, you need to be... Not that I'm saying all parts of my business are perfect. But when I found out the core... Like it, nothing is ever going to be perfect. But as long as you're working towards the mission then in a way your business is perfect because every decision you make while you um every decision you make make it's always the best decision to get to that point to make rollerblading popular so yeah if someday i compromised one aspect of the business and chose to do something else this choice has always came because because in the big picture this would be what would make rollerblading popular yeah if one day I had to spend half an hour with a kid trying to convince him to go to a smaller size yeah. so he would get a better experience, um, even though, let's say, I didn't have that size in stock, but I 
you know, that's the right thing and I have to special order it or whatever. Well, the mission statement really is a tool for you to help make decisions. Exactly, yeah. It's like, why, why am I deciding to do this? It's like a reference point. It's like a compass. It's like, yeah. okay, where, where do I want to go and like, how is this decision going to affect that? Because yeah. it's very easy to get caught up in kind of short-term exactly. things like, oh, I want to feel good or I want to I wanna make a quick buck. Mm-hmm. I want to I wanna go have sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes yeah, you got to make these decisions, but ultimately, ultimately you, you have to know what the right decision is for what you're trying to do. It has to apply to every aspect of your business. Like, if I go to the bank and talk to the teller, um, even the action there, like, I should be proud of what I do. I should. Yeah. I, it's like, oh, you have a lot of, like, whatever, checks. Like, oh, why is this? It's like, oh, I sell rollerblades. And, <laughs> yeah. And, like, some of the orders I, sh- I ship are COD cash on delivery yeah so it looks weird you come into the bank with like a bunch of like checks or whatever <laughs> um it's kind of like weird like why do you have like 20 checks from canada post like yeah are you is that some sort of a scam usually when i go to like a different bank accidentally or not accidentally but they ask questions. A- any any aspect of your business has to have it in mind like the way you treat your employees or like for example the christmas present for like all my employees was like to give them a pair of like Seba skates like cone skates because that yeah. would make it would affect instead of taking them out for food yeah yeah which I actually took some for food but anyway um, it's something that works for me like you yeah. you did a painting in my store and the way I repaid you was like in giving you Seba skates yeah and that's like it's like something that I wanted, but it also like helps you with, my with mission your statement. mission statement. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then after we had this talk, I'm not gonna mention what company we talked about, or should I? Should I? No, I should. What do you? I, I'm kind of like an industry person. Oh, that person. thing. That thing. No. What? <laughs> um, anyway. So I think companies should have like mission statements, and then Todd said a really good point. Like, not just companies, like. People should have mission statements. Yeah, know? it's a difficult thing to define. It's but a I lot wanna, harder, yeah. Going back to companies having mission statements, I think a lot of a lot of companies in rollerblading, mm-hmm. and 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 okay, yeah, I think their mission statement. They don't have a mission statement. I think a lot of them just start a company because they they want to be involved in some way or they want to live a certain lifestyle that they perceive you would have if you were in the rollerblading industry mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are pursuing that and then they're they're doing things that they're not super like passionate about the actual thing and my example is like a skate company I feel like a lot of people running skate companies are more focused on this lifestyle that they're gonna live and they're more focused on promoting their team and living this lifestyle, and they don't seem to be as focused on making the skate. Exactly. Like, each company... Um, It's more more appropriate for a store to make rollerblading popular 
because I'm like the final connection between manufacturers to the consumer. Exactly. So for me to open more stores and be more accessible, that's my job of making. I'm like the final. Yeah. Stage of making rollerblading popular. I'm I, the one yeah. like supplying the freaking product. I think that's your role. Yeah. That's my role. And I think yeah, certain people have to take the roles of what skate companies are doing. But skate companies, the way they can most effectively make rollerblading more popular is to make a quality product yeah. and improve the experience of people when they're skating. Exactly. And then other people will fucking do what they're doing. Exactly. It's a model that comes from skateboarding. Like with skateboarding, all skateboards are the same. The skate companies have money, they have power, so they, they create videos, they have teams, and they really push the sport and make it like, give it a cool image and shit. But rollerblading, there's so many people doing that outside of the companies that you don't even need the companies to focus on that. You need Not the companies anymore. to focus on the product. And in rollerblading, there's so much you can do with the product that that's what their focus should be. There's so, much, there's so many ways they could be pushing the technology. Yeah, I, but they're I just agree. a bunch of kids who want to live this skateboarding lifestyle. Um, I, I agree. It's not... I don't mean anything I just said. No, I think it was good. One second, I'll just wash my hands. Leon is washing his hands. Of this greasy, greasy chicken. You did a good job on the chicken. Oh, man. I killed it. You did kill it. I gave it the second kill. You want some uh, of this buttery ketchup? No, I'm good. Um, I think now you're right. Times have changed. There's internet. Um, you don't need to promote the product. Product would promote itself. Yeah, if it's a really good product, people Back are gonna fucking want to skate it and want to film themselves doing so. You don't need a team. <laughs> Boom. You like now with uh, like internet. And everything, you don't need a team. Like pe people would do the the work for you, if you deserve it. Well, um, if your if your skate's fun enough to skate, how many people skate just for the sake of? It's so much fun. They're gonna put together shit, and it, and they're gonna be pushing just as hard. I mean, yeah, you get so, you get these pros that obviously push shit harder than amateurs, but those people would be doing it regardless. I think. You think like if Haffy got dropped all of a sudden, you think just because he's not making his whatever he makes a month, like he's going to stop skating? Fuck no. He loves to do it. It's interesting because no company tried to do it, like drop a team. Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think you can't all of a sudden you know, change. You can start by being that company that doesn't have a team true. from the beginning, but being a, all of a sudden like dropping your team... You just create so many enemies. If you come in, it's kind of like a relationship between guys and girls. But I would argue that a really good skate that dropped its team, has n that's never happened. That, that's a, also like a thing. But I like think if it should... Solomon had cut their team and they were still making skates, lots of people would still skate the skates. People wouldn't give a fuck. People still do skate the skates. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Yeah, probably, yes. If it's still the best skate, a lot of people would skate it, but I think it would have... Um, it would create a lot of enemies yeah. by dropping the team. You'd be and a lot wiser to start with that idea. Yeah. And it would be a part of your marketing, is that you don't have marketing. Exactly. That your marketing like, would be, we don't pay people. Mm -hmm. We don't pay people to ride our skate. We put all of that money yeah. into hiring a better engineer or hiring a better AutoCAD Or making our skates cheaper. 
you know, like more yeah, or making them cheaper or better, qu- better quality, yeah, better exactly. materials. Mm-hmm. Like w- our mission statement is to make the best skate that we can possibly make. Yeah, I that agree. should be every skate company's mission statement, mm-hmm. but it's not. Yeah, not necessarily every company, but um, definitely one, at least one of the companies have to have that mission statement. Well, they all well. They, they, they all should. They, they all should. And I think they all, in the big picture, they want it, but they're not focused because they don't have a solid mission. I think it if they be, were... It might be a part of their, their thing. Yeah, but you can't be, like, too scattered with it. Like, no. You can't have, like, too many mission statements. You, like, you lose sight of what your focus is. And I think these companies have totally lost sight. They're... Mm-hmm. they're Obviously, I don't know the inner workings of these companies. I have no idea. But from what I see on the outside, I see low-quality skates at a high cost. And teams like riding these skates, awesome. I love watching them skate and stuff. But it doesn't make me want to... I mean, I understand that kids are going to want to go skate the skates. I understand that. And a company needs to be profitable. Mm -hmm. I know that. But... I don't know. It needs to be more balanced. Or... And and it, and I I agree. I think it, the time is coming just need more for that to happen. Money. I think, I think it wasn't always there, like what you're talking about. But now is the time where kids are a lot smarter than you. the consumer yeah, yeah, is yeah. much more educated than the consumer yeah, used to be. You don't need a team. You don't need a People team. People will skate and market. People would read reviews. Yeah. Like before, I get the product and know shit about it. There's people. Well, I read this and I read that, and it's like, dude, like, <laughs> kind of like. It's like, what, what, why are you asking me? You seem to know everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, consumers are a lot more educated, or at least they think they are. Um, I think consumers now, at least, like, in rollerblading, rollerblading is a really funny thing because the consumers do tons of the marketing for these mm-hmm. companies mm-hmm. for nothing. They just like the to reviews, do it. They reviews, they share their pictures. Yeah. They... This podcast, us talking about these companies, I mean, I know that it's not always positive marketing but there's shit like this being made people skating the skates all over the place how many good edits can you find of people that aren't riding for the company they're not doing this edit for the company they're just doing it because they like to do it yeah more and it's a lot more uh, there's better edits of like non-pros yeah there's obviously like amazing edits of pros oh for sure um but a lot of it, like, even a lot of the edits of the pros are, like, made by people who aren't getting paid. They just like to, they're like, oh, yeah, shit, I'm going to go skate with this guy. But, but at the same time, they are usually getting their skates for free. Like, the better skaters that do put out edits. So, yeah. e- even there, there's a little bit of fake. Um, but it, in a way, it should almost be like, it, it should almost be like, if I, okay, if I had a company, like, people would put out good shit on my product because mm-hmm. it would be really good. And I would recognize that and I'd call them up and say, hey, I love this setup. I'm going to send you out a pair of skates. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it works on that kind of like, if you see someone promoting your shit, you call them up on the phone. Hey, I really liked that. If you see something, you don't like it. Like, you know, it's kind of like... Or you see someone who skates really well and you're like, hey, dude, do you want to try this? And send them your skate. Yeah, exactly. Like Julian Ba was saying in his podcast... Um, I thought that was really funny when it's like when Rollerblade offered him to skate their skates like they offered him double double it's like dude like 
you're gonna have to pay triple for those <laughs> skates. <laughs> and I totally knew where he was coming from. I think Rollerblade, and actually before we started the podcast, I said I love Rollerblade, like the company. Yeah. Uh, but it's true, like their aggressive product is not the best. It's decent. Yep. And if you're used to like a different product, going to Rollerblade, and Rollerblade knows, like that's why they change their frame from like the 72 to like a regular it was too heavy their new skates are a little better but they're still they didn't hit that yeah like when they had the trs like that was like kind of like a go-to skate like it was a good solid skate simple worked well i'm not saying laps were fucking ugly yeah yeah i know what you mean but it it was was, a well-performing skate it was like yeah it was the top of the one of the top of the market skates they were or when before that like dirks and stuff you know they they had they had like a solid like share of like aggressive market like arguably like what was better fifth elements or like the dirks you know like like they were both those two skates yeah they were both really good skates dirks were good skates yeah like people were killing it they had a lot of like smart technology like fuck they started it like with the tarmax you know they were untouchable like the tarmax and then chocolate tarmax troopers those were good skates yeah and they they lasted like some right now which is almost like doesn't make any sense but how can they not be leading the aggressive market like they have they always been leading the market they were always like the the main people they have the resources but you can't you can't really say what their budget is but I mean, even budget budget, as, budget aside, yeah, yeah, I'm not. What, you don't the need other money. companies you don't have need money. The other companies don't have more money than Rollerblade. So what is it then? What the fuck? It doesn't seem like they're that. I mean, I know it's not easy, but come on, that's your fucking business. Oh, There's okay. got to be a, a a Mac of Rollerblade. There's got to be a company it, that it, comes in and just takes over. Like you just don't want anything else. iPhone, i like iMac. People want the, these yeah, things. Yeah. Like they, they're the best of that. That possibility I, is in, I, in skating, where a company could be the Mac. I think Rollerblade would be the Mac. Well, they could be. Yeah. Just like anyone could yeah, be. Yeah, anyone could be, but, but it seems like they should be. You know what? I think what it is, they have the solo mold, which is good, and I skated them, but it's off. Like there's something, it's a little too heavy. The buckles like are kind of weird. Um, they tried a few interesting things, but it's just a little bit off. Like, the, it has a good shock absorber. I feel that the plastic is a little too hard. The uh, Solo. Yeah, it's basically, like, older, aggressive line. Okay. It's, like, the... It's a little too stiff. Is that the one you skated? Yeah. The like, solo? the Rob okay. G. Yeah. Like, they're very good skates. The Soul Plate is, like... Dude, I just have to say this on the air. You were the first person who, who did power blading, quote-unquote. Oh... <laughs> you you in actually, those rollerblades in those solos you were skating the big wheels yeah, like yeah. like uh, um, with the the ro- that rollerblade frame that you could still the do nine. grinds on like well to be honest the, the, the first the first one was Rob G like that's like who I saw first did he yeah because he was skating he skated like Rex Rex frames Rex wheels when rollerblade had made that like um, rollerblade basically came out with the solo boot yeah which is. Uh, used in all their urban skates which is like the they come with like 80 millimeters or 90 millimeters but they're flat they're like ufs so rollerblade technically started power blading 
like the, the whole idea of a UFS skate right. with 80 and they had 90 millimeters and they had a different like 80. So I saw like an edit of Rob G a long time ago because Rob G was skating the solo like the aggressives but in skates for rollerblade he clearly had like some demos that Tom Heiser gave him or something. And he was like just skating around and I think he did like a macchio down like a rail. So it was really cool. And uh, I got some of those for the shop and yeah, started power blading a while, while back. It's I funny because... I, I don't know how I feel about power blading. I feel I, like, because I, I did the power blading thing, I skated those power blades for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was fun, but like I felt like for, for aggressive maneuvers, a lot of stuff is a lot harder in them. And I'm not, not just grinding, like maneuvering... Um, certain certain things that you it's advantageous to have smaller wheels for a lot of things but mind you I do love my like that's what like I think there should be like the Sebas were just way better than the K2s the mm -hmm. Sebas were like the basically the power blades I can't do grinds but I just don't give a shit because they're so good for rolling K2s were like I don't know it's not enough you of this and not enough of that. Yeah, it's in the middle. Yeah. It's too stuck in the middle. It's not Seba. It's not fully aggressive. I mean, it's fun, but it's like, okay, if I want to do rolling shit, I'm going to do it in Sebas. Yeah, exactly. If I want to skate aggressively, quote-unquote, I'll skate my K2s with, like, normal frames. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think wheels have to be slightly bigger. Uh, I, think, I think they could do something where, if it was closer to your foot, yeah, yeah, it yeah. could be bigger. Something about being too tall is 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 bad for certain things. Well, actually, no, I, I don't think they should be a lot bigger, but they should be around 60, I think. Um, Mine are 60. Yeah, that's what they I should mean. be about 60. Let's say 60. Uh, it definitely has to have, like, the Celtic is the way to go. Like, it has to be a flat setup. There's no fucking, like... Yeah. Um... I, I can't even, like, I, I feel really bad selling anti-rocker setups. Well, like, that's what I, they I want, you know. That's And it's like, I was talking about it, how the whole anti-rocker, that's what kills, almost kills the industry. Because yeah. now you have those cheap price point skates for, like, the Colts, you know, for 139 bucks with, like, crappy, like wheels crappy bearings crappy liners like real the boot is not bad but it has like the anti-rocker setup it has like shitty wheels like really slow bearings and uh you know it's a that's the price point skate so a lot yeah. of beginners buy that skate because oh that's, yeah and that's and terrible it, and I, it has no shock absorber you're really high off the ground because it has like the old they roll like really design. slow. They're really clunky. Right. Just as a, a person's first experience yeah, on exactly. rollerblades, it's like, ew, they're not going to yeah. fall in love with that. Yeah. you got to get these kids like little, like, if you got them on Sebas or like exactly. rec skates, hockey skates, they're going to have a lot more fun. And then a year later or like learn how to skate, fall in love with that. I don't know, your first experience on anti-rocker, it's not yeah. that fucking fun. No, no it's not. <laughs> and, and that, in my opinion, what killed rollerblading in general for such a long time because when rollerblading became popular every company jumped in to cash in on this it just there was so much money in it 
yeah. Bauer, Nike, Fila, every company who ever had like the money, Ultra Wheels, fuck, who knows, like Mojo. There was like a million companies, like literally more companies that made skates than shoes probably yeah. at one point. So any hockey company, any ski company jumped in on it, any ice skate, figure skating companies, like it was just like, holy fuck, like rollerblading. But the technology wasn't there. People just wanted to cash in. And that's where it lost a lot of its, uh, you know, like skiers that, you know, wanted like, oh, this is a great idea. But the product was crap. You know, it was like pretty much one skate for everything. There was no, it was such a young sport. Like the idea was there, the idea was good. And some skates were decent. I don't know. But I think the equipment was really cheap and really expensive. Uh, sorry, I mean, really, ch <laughs> <laughs> really cheaply made and really overpriced. Um, and a lot Just of people, like it is now. Uh, I think prices are really reasonable, and in a lot of categories, there's really good skates. I think aggressive category is a little off. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, aggressive yeah, aggressive category. And I honestly, because I sell fitness skates, and I sell uh, whatever, all the skates, when I sell a fitness skate, I'm like, you know, a certain like fitness skate. I know, like, if the person comes in, I want to do this, this, and this. That's where I'm gonna skate. That's how much I skate. That's what I like. That's what I don't like. I sell them the skate, and I know they're gonna come back and be like, "Man, this is the best fucking skate I ever tried on." Yeah, I'm sure the, the skate could be better, but they're reasonably priced. They're around like two fifty, two sixty bucks. They're fast as shit. Yeah, they're comfortable. Uh, they're easy to put on. They're just like amazing. Yeah. Like there's, you uh, know the customer's going to be know, satisfied. Yeah, exactly. Where with yeah. aggressive skates, I sell it, and the product, I just know. Like I'm like, a lot of it goes by image. Like it's a very where fitness skating, yeah. it's very practical. They put it on. If it's not comfortable, they're not going to buy it. Yeah. Those people don't come in, like they're not fucking around. They, yeah. They usually have money to spend. They want to do it. They want to have fun. They want and there's no image. They want a good experience. Yeah. 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 The brand, nothing matters. They want knowledgeable advice. They want something. They put it on their feet and they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. This feels oh, great. Yeah. Like, I had people that put them on and like, oh, my God, I'll take it. You know, yeah. they wouldn't even want to take it off their feet because the skates are so good and so reasonably priced. That's how it should be. Yeah. it should. You should make a skate. People put it on and they're like, holy, okay, I'll take these. I think the problem is with fitness skating, it's a lot more specific as to how they're going to use it, the application of the skate, like the area where they, they skate. Like, for example, in Vancouver, most people that come into the store to buy fitness skates skate around the seawall. Yeah. So it's like a 10-kilometer path, not too many turns. Um, I know the, like how rough the concrete is, so I know like it's better to go with bigger wheels. I know it's a long distance, so they want bigger size wheels better for glide and so most people that come in for fitness skates i know exactly how they're going to use it so i know the exact skate that works for them uh with aggressive i think it's a little uh i think i think kids don't know how exactly they're going to use it that's the problem and that's why companies are so confused they're more they're i think they're more concerned with how they're going to look and and how they're going to look and, like, you know, 
kids do see this marketing. They do see like they want to they want to look like a quote unquote role player. They want to look like Alex Broskow, or they want to look like people that they really look up to. Like when we were growing up, we wanted to look like Josh Petty. Mm -hmm. We we idolized Josh Petty, and we saw the skates on Petty's feet. Those Fifth Elements look so sick. Mm -hmm. How many pairs of Fifth Elements did did Josh Petty sell? Where well, people wanted to. They wanted to be that, but, but it wasn't like, I want to do this and I want to do this. It was like, I just want to be that. Mm -hmm. So fitness skaters come in. They don't want to be anything. They want to do, they're just focused on the doing. Yeah. They're focused on what am I going to be using these for? There's not like, how cool am I going to be with these fifth elements? Yeah. I'm going to look I, like Josh Petty. Aggressive, it's, it's an image. Like it's a... Uh... So it almost doesn't, it doesn't push the technology as much. People are more concerned with, about like, the image. with this image, yeah. But... And that, that's why companies so focused on image. Yeah. But I think... And I could see the business strategy in that, but, like, you've got to have a mission statement. Well, maybe that's their mission statement, is the image. You know, is it, the image? That is their fucking mission statement, and that's repulsive. Yeah. Fuck that. It's like... How we have to do break we, that down? It's how do we want to show rollerblade? Like how are we gonna get get people to do it? Yeah. Is by creating this fake Making image. Making it cool. Um, Making it look tight. <laughs> <laughs> That's not working. No, it's clearly not working. Um, Make and, the experience and, better. And what what the company done? I think don't realize that. I don't know if they do or don't. But I would say aggressive skating, 80% of people buy one skate and that's it. That's 80% for like one-time customers. They buy it, they don't like it, and that's it. They move on. There's no convincing them to get back into it. They tried it, they don't like rollerblading. We're losing. They decide. Yeah. Then and there. Yeah. And I, I think that's why aggressive is so small because... The people that like broke through that and they know exactly like there is some good skates out there that work. I'm not saying like like I enjoy skating shadows right now. Yeah, for, yeah I for, love my K twos. Yeah, they so are there, good. There's skates like as an educated rollerblader who's been around. You know what you like. You know what you want in a skate. And yeah, there's some skates that I like more for certain tricks, or some frames that I like for other tricks. Yeah, but it's you so, develop that sensibility. Yeah, but but you have to get to a certain level, you know, like yeah. you have to fall in love with skating so, first. Yeah. And with people a starting are just point, people kind of told what that starting point is. There's no skate for beginners. It's like you can't classify an anti-rocker setup as a beginner skate. Maybe a beginner aggressive skate, but as a beginner like introduction to rollerblading, it's not it's a it terrible skate. A, the, yeah, yeah. You're not you're not ensuring that this person's gonna enjoy this experience. Yeah, which brings me what I actually my ultimate setup to beginners would be. Um, like I I want to have like like a shop tasks. If I had to have like a shop task setup, which I'm probably gonna try to make soon, it's gonna be expensive. But that's the skate that, you know, if someone comes that in... you endorse. Yeah, that I, would, that I can stand behind and if the customer doesn't enjoy it. Because my, my goal is for the person to fall in love with rollerblading. 
if he's too cheap and he wants to buy a cheap skate, I know he's not going to fall in love with it. So, whatever. You're, all I can do is have the product, have the best price possible for that product, maybe not make as much money on that product, but if they fall in love with it, I'm covered. Like, they're always going to come back. All right, let's hear it. Um, well, and that's like, I'm not going to like develop like, not yet, like any like my own, like, because I don't have the idea. If I had the idea of like exactly the state gonna I want. pick and choose. But from what, what's available out there, um, yeah. it definitely has to be a flat setup, which leads me to Celtic frames. Has to be a Celtic frame. Um, yes, some frames would be better for grinds, but it, it's... They're still good for grinds. They're better than any other flat setup for grinds. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Celtic would be the best beginner setup. They are setup. pretty good for grinds. I'm yeah. going to get some fucking Celtics. Yeah, like, they're good for grinds. What am I doing? Um, they're not very good for steroids, though. But yeah, that's yeah. more an advanced thing. I, I, yeah. Steroids, is, but all around, like, the one frame that I can, like, give to a beginner and say, you know, go and learn anything you want. You know, like, Caltech would definitely cover all aspects. Like so, would, like, flat rocker wheels, is there any type of wheel that you uh, would... With wheels, uh, I would go with, uh, <laughs> well, uh, the ones I like the most would be, um, like, urethane-wise and everything is the wheels that are produced by Undercover, the, like, the pro wheels by Undercover, Yeah. Uh, which is street artist or... Yes, they're still not perfect with like the cores or whatnot. But you think they're the best. But they're the best, and especially if you ride flat. Uh, like a lot of the problems start happening is like you know you, you skate pretty fucking hard, and your weight is distributed just between the two wheels. So yeah, there's so much more pressure on the core. Um, so there there would be some issues eventually. You land really hard on your heel. Yeah, you know like there's kind of like a limit to. If you make the core too stiff, um, let's say if you make a metal core, it would be really rattly, like especially with such small wheels, it would transfer too much energy. Like it wouldn't absorb shock as well. Right. And if you have the so the core... But too, it would be, would it be super fast? It would be super fast, yeah. But it would be, wouldn't absorb any shock. So yeah. if you land a gap with like metal cores, it's going to fucking hurt. Yeah. It's like landing... Like, the reason why we can do big gaps and stuff uh, is because there's, like, a shock absorber, there's urethane in the wheels. You know, the bigger the wheels, the more shock absorption you would have. Yeah. Uh, the smoother everything is going to feel. But also with, uh, like, the plastic core, you know, there's also a balance there. Anyway, so... But, but what I think, if you have a flat setup, you know, like, with undercover urethane... Um, it's probably the best. Would you, you can throw have. in like? Would you make a good have a good bearing? Yeah, I would definitely. I think bearings are not important in a sense of like the ABEC rating. Yeah. Uh, but the brand is really important, and Twin Cam, in my opinion, is the most consistent bearing. Like f they they last. Yeah, they just durable. last well. They don't like um, seize up and get crappy yeah. and loud. Twi Twin Cam makes like the ILQ bearings, which is a six ball bearing, versus like all the other ones, which are seven ball bearing. You know what's really important in a skate? Is that it's quiet. Yeah. Uh, well, Twinkle was the first one, I think, 
to develop, like that's why it's called ILQ, instead of ABAC rating, it's ILQ rating, which stands for inline quality. So yeah. that was the first bearing, oh, well, the first company to make bearings for inline skating. Because hmm. okay. ABAC, it's a more like an, an industrial term. I, I hope I'm not like talking nonsense, but that's for, as far as I know. But ILQ stands for inline quality, and okay. it has six ball bearings instead of seven. Um, I think they're like different size but I I tried Swiss bearings and um, tried different bearings twin cam ILQ9 is like my go-to bearings yeah for sure but even twin cam like ILQ5 are still better than like most ABIC 9 bearings like most, okay. most generic stuff so twin cam that's what Solomon used to use that's what old K2 used to use um, who uses them now not too many people use them now. Like Power Slide used them in like expensive skates. Seba uses twin cams. Um, anyway, I would probably have like to make the skate more like reasonably priced. I would probably have like ILQ five, twin cam ILQ five, just to keep the price a bit lower. Yeah. Um, which I think is completely fine. Decent wheels, probably about like fifty eight or sixty setup with yeah. Caltic frames. And for the boot... For and the now, the <laughs> moment you've all been waiting for. Well, I think that's the biggest problem. I don't... Uh, I don't think there's one boot. Like, there, there isn't... There but if you had to choose, what's it going to be? And you do have to choose. If I had to choose from what's out there now, it has to be reasonable. It has to be supportive. It has to have, like, high cuffs. It cannot be, like, a Rams or whatever for beginners. It's not a proper skate to learn tricks cannot be a shadow um, why couldn't it be a shadow uh, they're a little too flexible you need to know what you're doing like you need to understand grinds to be able to use shadows properly in my opinion uh, yeah, I agree they're, they are they're great they're very unique yeah it's a different experience yeah. uh, and I think it's a great skate once you started skating and you're looking for that specific thing yeah uh, but because they're so soft, they don't transfer energy as efficiently. Like if you, they're very comfortable, but because they're comfortable and soft, if you were to skate distance, you wouldn't get as much, like you would get a lot more tired because they're a lot softer. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't get as much speed out of them. Um, Before you answer the question. What boot? Uh, have you tried my K2s? No, no, I haven't. Okay. After this, we'll... You can try them with my black ones. Yeah. With a uh, banana rocker. Maybe. I'll just, have to just you know what? feel that. Almost like having a... There's a few boots that would work. There's also like a... Every foot is different, so I don't think there should be one boot. Some people have wider feet, and for those people, I might recommend like the Razor's Genesis. You know, because they're wider. Period. Right, right. Um, and then for people with more narrow feet, maybe like the USD, like... Classic, uh, sorry, not classic throne. The UFS throne, like they're a nice narrow skate, like amazing, like sole plate. I think the UFS throne is uh, a very, very underrated. Hmm. I think that would be the probably the skate. I've never skated USDs. Um, I don't think I've ever had a USD on my foot except the carbons. Yeah, but they were dashies, dashies yeah. when I had them. The U UFS. Uh, the UFS thrones, like the new Sagonas or something like this, it's just an all-around, like... It seems like a very simple... A very simple skate. Um, 
it works. It's like flat. It has good sole plates. Is it comfortable? Uh, it's if you have the right liners. That's the other thing here. Yeah. Uh, but the new USD liners are good. Uh, okay, like, so like what's skate? So it, if I was to choose, not that it's out there available yeah, yeah. at the moment, but it would probably be a USD UFS Throne. Okay. With like ultimately very good liners, but I think the USD liners are good. Like the simple USD liners that they have now, the Phoenix liners. Um, they're thin, they're basic, the foam is pretty dense. Um, there, there's not too much bullshit. Yeah. Um, that would probably they're pretty narrow. It's a pretty narrow skate. So for most people, that would be the one I would recommend, unless their foot is extremely wide, and then I would recommend to probably probably like a Genesis. For Genesis. Razor's Genesis. Okay. Which yeah, is yeah. by no means like a high end skate, you know, but um, because it's so wide. And if you if you have a normal size foot, it's just too loose. Uh, to have like good control, it, the skate has to be as tight as possible to your foot, not just lengthwise, but also width. And that's why the Sebos feel so great because the heel cup is so small. That's why the Solomons were such a good skate because they're tight. Yeah. They're like so precise. And then later, when Solomon came out with the soft boot, those could fit wider feet. And that's when Solomon weren't as good, in my opinion. Like, for some people, they were great. Um, but I think the best Solomon mold was, like, the original, the hard shell boots. And that slowly, they tried to make it more consumer-friendly by have them, having them more soft, a little bit more comfortable, a I little bit really, more cushy. And, and people really liked I those. I really liked the soft boot ones. The yeah. soft boot Solomons were, like, my favorite pair of skates yeah. that I ever had. Uh, and I I did have the hard shell too. Yeah, and uh, fuck, I could stomp shit in those skates. I know, but in my opinion, the hard shell would have been better to stomp shit. It would it just would hold your foot better. Like technically, there was less plastic. Maybe. On. It's really hard for me to say because that yeah. was so long ago. Exactly. Like I think it was something new, and like when you put them on, it's like oh my god, this is the best. But it was all the good things that you remember from the hard shell, but all of a sudden a little bit softer, a little bit more comfortable. But as soon as you go to that extra softness, extra comfort, you lose some performance. The skate yeah. is not as responsive maybe when you push off skating backwards. Man, those were such good skates. They were so yeah. fucking comfortable. I remember they had a demo in, at a cat comp in Edmonton, and the, the guy was just like, he just had a pair of Salmons and he would just let people try them out. Mm-hmm. And that is the way that you That's, should be fucking marketing exactly. your skate. He didn't have a fucking team. He didn't have cool kids riding, riding the skate. He just had the product. And he sat there, hey, give these a try. And you tried them on. And it's, it, when you tried them on, you were like, holy shit, these are really good. Yeah. Like, these are really good skates. And you wanted them. You didn't care if someone else was skating them. You had your own experience. And you were like, shit. And everyone in our town got Solomons. Yeah. And we would have gotten Solomons whether or not Aaron Feinberg was on the team. Um, I'm I'm not sure because they they had every they had it all together. They had the good product and they had the good team. And I think at that time a team was very very important. Yeah, it is true. Feinberg was pretty amazing. But I think the nowadays skate was amazing. Like I remember, I remember that that experience with the skate more than I yeah, remember yeah. seeing now, Feinberg skate looking for the back, first time. Looking back at it, you remember it more. Yeah. 
But I, I think nowadays you, you could get away without a team. Because people would skate it yeah. and skate it well. Because people are smarter now. Plus, if you made a skate that was really, really fucking good, people would do amazing shit in it because the skate is so, so good. And, yeah, other companies would have to pay triple and quadruple <laughs> to convince skaters exactly. to skate something else. Exactly. And people would still skate other things. Yeah, for a payday. For, exactly, for the paycheck. But but it would become, it would become like these companies, it would, they would become second rate so mm-hmm. fast. And it'd be so hard to compete with these companies that actually made this amazing product that once yeah. people wisened up, because most of the, like, I would say a lot of the, the aggressive industry is people that have been in it for a while. Wouldn't you say? Like, it's yes. not really from newcomers. It's from people who know their shit. Mm-hmm. So if you get people hooked on a skate, it doesn't matter yeah, who's I, skating. The I team. agree. Like, the people who always skate Solomons, or they always, there's people who always skate USD, or exclusively skate, like, Shadow. There's a lot of Shadow heads yeah. now. You know, like... Because it's Solomon. That's true, Solomon made yeah. shadow. Yeah. It, it just, like, the skates are really good. Like, and it's... it's it, I'm almost scared... Solomon's a, a good company. They have to come they, back. They, I think they were a very good company. Um, from what I hear, they're not what they used to be. Like, in a lot of other sports now. Yeah. Like, pretty much after they stepped out of rollerblading, I think it was all, like, Became this corporation invested it like too many too much bullshit like it's such a huge fucking company now that Salomon is not it's a very mainstream product now you can get it everywhere like you know like the manufacturing is not made in Europe anymore I think like I know before like it always used to be made in Romania and like their quality was very very like Salomon where now they're losing a lot of it's becoming just a name that it they just slap yeah, on shit. Exactly. Like, it's just so big right now, and it's just like... Yeah, I guess w- w- it might... Yeah. I don't think it's what Solomon used to be. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, I don't think they put as much into like research and development as they used to. And I haven't purchased any Solomon products recently, so I don't know. W- where they used to make their best like protective gear, backpacks. like Anything they made yeah. was Solomon. Very was, like, high quality. Yeah. Like their hiking shoes or like anything, like their soap shoes. Yeah. Anything they made was like. Did they make soap shoes? They made the best soap shoes. Like Did they, they sell them? Yeah. I never so, had a pair. Joey had a pair of soap <laughs> shoes. I I never had one, but uh, it's cool. People did like huge <laughs> king trails and soap shoes. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> parkour should have a shoe where you can do grinds, like a like a soap parkour shoe. Nice. If it was a parkour like. Because what kind well, of shoes shadows do... should have fucking shadows should have soap <laughs> shoes in there. <laughs> Seriously, well, it'd be extra weight. But imagine your boot is also built in that shape, like the Wait, sole. Yeah, that kind of like... makes sense. If the side of your, if the side of the actual shoe was like your royale plate, if oh, it was like built like, into it. Oh man, exactly. Oh, because you'd be grinding like right. Because like, yeah. when K2s got really good back in the day, it was when people like yes, wore holes yes. in the boot yes. and then people could just sit on backslides because yeah. they were like so close to their foot. I know, that was my style points, Bob's, were my favorite skates, the K2 style points. Those were when they, Without the toe caps, when they were worn out, it's unbeatable. Jordan Coles ripped it in style points. Everyone ripped it. Shout that, out. That, that was the go-to skate. 
Yeah, those cases. Like, S1 points. Yeah. The style points were the... It was an obvious choice. Like, that was the best. For every, like, Luis Zamora was skating them. Uh, Fuck, everyone was skating them. I think Sagona was skating them. Yeah. Um, With, like, the gray soles. Eric Shrine. Eric Shrine. Like, it was just... Yeah, that was the skate. Like, Alex Brasco was skating them. Yeah. Man, all the best... All the best skaters were skating style points. Yeah. Like, in, around, like, VG12, like, yeah, it was, like, s- standard. Like, every good skater, they didn't have to do anything for yeah. the marketing. I don't think, like... Yeah, people just wanted to skate yeah, those skates. They just looked so sick. Yeah. Um, so comfy, just, uh, like, yeah. good Unbeatable. Quality. Unbeatable. And they looked so sick without the toe caps. It was, like, a secret that you had to, like... Like... You know, beginners wouldn't know why. Why do those skates look so good in the video? Yeah, <laughs> you know, because they, they took the toe cap off. <laughs> it was kind of like a secret code, uh, in like a video game. You know, like yeah. a, <laughs> you found the little key. Yeah, yeah, you found the key. Like <laughs> you unscrew the bolt underneath, and the front piece comes out, and then they look Damn. pointy and slim and like perfect, like a shoe. Big. It's just a useless piece of plastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just, but but I, I can't. I'm just. I'm just baffled. I'm just baffled that there's. I realize that I'm droning on and on about like. We we go back and forth in this. Uh, skate development. I I really hope one day, there's gonna be a Canadian skate. Yeah, there's got to be a Canadian skate. Yeah, because all the other countries failed. Yeah. It's about time for the Canadians to step up yeah. and make a proper skate. Or whatever, there, has, there hasn't been any, well, there used to be some Canadian companies, but in our industry nowadays, there's no Canadian product. It's true. There's, there's a void. You know, there's yeah. companies that make wheels everywhere. Caltic from Ireland, you know, like companies make shit everywhere. Not shit, like bad shit, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. there's wheel companies from here and there, and... Europe and... Euro... America. Like, yeah. Even, like, clothing companies, for for that matter. There's, like, no one in Canada that... There's nothing, like... But I think that's good, because whatever is going to come out is going to be good. Yeah. Or, I, I hope. Oh, I, yeah. I would be very proud. Yeah. Uh, and I, I hope I would have a, a part in it. Totally. And like coming out with a Canadian product. Yeah. We should make a skate. Well, if I had the, the idea. If I, yeah, if I had the idea, eventually we will make a skate. Yeah. Make a dope skate. Yeah. Because that's part of making rollerblading popular. If there is the skate at that point, I wouldn't be too concerned with it. But at the moment, yes, it, it is kind of a concern to my mission statement because I don't have a perfect skate to sell people yeah so how can I make it popular without having the perfect product that I believe in yeah if a company was to come out tomorrow and make the perfect skate I would probably stop thinking about the perfect skate yep uh, but for now yeah it's it's on my mind yeah that's a good point there's a reason why we're having this discussion yeah because we both feel like there is a void there um, that's what your mission statement could be with the skate is to make the skate that you want to give to every aggressive rollerblader. 
mm-hmm. or most aggressive skaters that aren't like super, you know, they'll always be really like they're just into doing tech grinds. They really like mooks. There's like a small group, but like a, a skate that the majority of people exactly. should be on. Yeah. Like people who, who do some grinds, they do some airs, they like to roll, they like to skate from spot to spot, they like to wreck skate, maybe they like to cone skate, they, you know, just a, just a, they want a comfortable skate that really is just like a part of their body, really solid. Yes. Just makes the experience of rollerblading better than any other skate out there. I don't think it'd be that hard to do. Um, yeah. Uh, it might be. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't have a Bunsen burner. A what? <laughs> <laughs> a Bunsen burner? Yeah. So we've been talking for what? One hour. One hour. About skates? Mostly about skates. talk about something else yeah we should talk about something else we should do the two hours the usual but sp- right. split it into two I think I think we covered enough ground should we take a break let's take a break and then we'll resume should we take a break yeah let's take a break okay yeah shit I was gonna play a song but but Groove Shark, like, put this. No, what? Listen up, you fucks! skating lately me too I had my first aggressive session uh, well not my the first street session like really street session since the last task around tour wow w- which was uh, I think yeah like um, when was it oh since the task around like last year yeah I've been was it in fall no it was uh, when did we do it August August so you haven't I haven't like, I haven't skated street like you know like went out and filmed tricks and did tricks yeah yeah uh, since uh, hmm. like with aggressive skates full on just like going around just hitting whatever comes yeah yesterday I had the first session I was really fucking good what kind of stuff were you doing 
whatever was there. I. What was there? I gotta make an edit. <laughs> oh yeah, shit! Filmed top secret. You don't want to talk about it. No, no, I can talk about it. it. Just it's not tricks that I can explain. I I don't think a two hour podcast would be enough Try. to to explain. <laughs> well, explain to me the hardest one to explain. The hardest one to to explain. I think it was very. Uh, I was really looking at the. The rolling flow of the trick. Like how I enter the scene and how I exit the scene with like the. Really, the approach to like if the approach is difficult, that's part of the trick. Yeah. Um, picking up on that versus picking up on the obstacle itself, picking up really on. This is an interesting way to approach that obstacle. With oh. looking at it like very holistically, like everything about it, the approach, everything and the landing, about the spot, the whole environment, not just focusing on that yes. one highlight of it. Yeah, and like the, I don't know if it's because I didn't skate for a long time, or because of the cone skating, um, but it was a lot different. I don't, I don't want to sound too. Uh, philosophical. Was, was it? It just really like good. It was it was the best session I can remember. Like, so when I do we when do we so get to see this edit? Uh, maybe I'll try to edit it tonight. I'm not like. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll try. There was quite a few tricks, so. Um, I'll try to get to it because some on my camera, some on Josh's camera. It was good. It was good. Cool. It was, it was awesome. Um. So explain me one trick. A trick would I explain? Okay. Uh, there was a... Well, at first I saw like a little dip it was like a community center, a little dip in the ground, like for the... Um, anyway, a little dip in the ground. And then a it dip was... dip in the ground? like A dip in the concrete. Yeah, yeah. On the concrete, like to have like the water flow into like the... Sewage or whatever. Like a little... Yeah, like a little um, canal. A little drainage, but the concrete was like... I know it here. Yeah, like a tiny little half pipe, like a exactly. half pipe for ants. Yeah. How can you expect them to learn if they can't even ride on the pipe? I guess. Anyway, the concrete was slanted, which created kind of like a dip in the ground, and that was close to a wall, and the wall had those little kind of like design of like bricks coming out of it, like straight across, but they were pretty close together that I thought Oh, I think you can like grind like maki or something on it, you on know, the bricks? on those bricks because they're like um, not parallel, uh, vertical. They're like kind of vertical bricks with like small spaces in between yeah. them, so you can kind of like be on the makio and like grind across it. So did you wax it? No, no, it was like 
painted. Oh, nice. Painted. Like white painted, like yeah. wall with those things. And there's one at like shin high level and one at like shoulder high. The shoulder high is not really possible. Yeah. But even the low one was really cool. I was like, oh, I think we can grind it. And just like, I, because the reason I got attracted to it was because of this dip in the ground, like this natural shape. And kind of like you can do like somewhat like carving around this dip and then grinding the wall and, and kind of like skating around. So I was like, let's session this. And me and Josh skated it for a bit. Like, it was like awesome. Like, even the footage of just Josh doing like a maki on it was like super cool. So we did a few tricks, played around there. And then I think Taylor had the idea of, I was doing like switch makio into like grinding some garbage can after. So like doing switch makio landing into this dip and then out of this dip into like a alley fish on the garbage can. Oh, nice. Like a really quick one. But then Taylor was like, whoa, you should do like off the switch makio, like try to go to fish brain on the higher one. Uh, on like the, those higher bricks. Yeah. As the, and everyone was kind of... So it was small. like a step? It was like the lower one and then the higher one was... They were, they were like on one wall. So you kind of have to be grinding and switch oh, Machio wow. and like throwing your foot up. Yeah. Uh, again, like from shin high to almost like around close to shoulder yeah. high. Like it's not approachable. Maybe if you're a farmer, you can get to it with like a... So like the two edges are on the same line. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like a wall the thing on the bottom and the thing on the top and it's about maybe four it's like a pillar kind of yeah. about four or five feet like five feet wide so you can kind of grind along it yeah and uh i was kind of like whatever i'll try it and like i think first try i went like switch maki and like just threw my other leg really high and i locked on the top and it was like holy fuck i think you can actually get it like yeah josh and taylor are like oh fuck it's unreal you got it like just because i tried it i honestly like didn't put too much thought into it if it's possible but when you yeah. look at it it wasn't and uh yeah then i did it nice. uh, like i did it a couple of times it was pretty easy um but approaching to it there was another dip and i was telling josh oh just feel me like approaching it just kind of like carving that little other like slant in the ground yeah. before i carve the other way and then come to it yeah so it was like me kind of carving this way and then carving to the right and then coming to this and like a quick like tap to go like mock it to a high fish brain to land into that other dip stuff like that makes such a huge difference yeah just the flow of like how you carve into the trick yeah. and uh, it's was... a part of the trick it's like a part of that yeah. whole thing you know yeah the macchio to fish brain is just one part of it like because you don't know what to expect it's yeah. like you're carving like and all of a sudden you come from that that's like very like surprising like where is he going with that trick yeah you never it's kind of like unexpected it's like skating yeah. through a certain area and like showing the showing the ground like what's not just the not just the obstacle that I want to grind but like the area around it yeah it's like an established almost instead of an establishing shot of the area it's like the establishing shot of like the ground and like how like how it feels to roll through that area. Yeah. Just the feeling of skating in that environment leading to like, oh, that was a sick trick. It's like that, that shit can be like just as fun to watch as like the actual tricks and sometimes yes. even more fun. Yes. Like that stuff really, like Ollie Short's really good at that. Like he's really good yeah. at like rolling through interesting 
narrow places and like he'll just skate for a while through like cars and like in a park like in a weird Mm -hmm. thing and that is like as exciting as watching people hit rails or or more yes it has a a certain it's a bonus like it's almost like it's not it's it's almost like it's more than just a bonus It, it no no it makes the trick be the bonus yeah so so and the way I think you get to it... The is trick you, should be the bonus. You, you, you figure out what trick you want to do, or that's what happened in that case. And I'm like, okay, that's the trick I want to do. And then as I knew, okay, I got that trick. Like, what can I add to it to make the footage more interesting? Yeah. That's the approach to it. And I was like, oh, I can... While I come there, I can do this before yeah. that. And it's like the Sagona skating. What's so exciting about it is like how he would swing his leg before the trick, which makes the trick so much better. Exactly. It's like the pre, the build-up. Yeah. Yeah, it's the build-up. It's creating that build-up where like a lot of skate videos, it's just a trick. It's just the build-up. No, so no, it's, it's, it's well, just I, the I meant, I meant it's just the highlight. Yeah. Like it's just, that's why, yeah, a lot of these videos are just highlight reels and all this stuff that's going on is amazing, but it doesn't, it, there's no crescendos, there's no ups and downs no and dips and valleys and, 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 and little, little synchrony, uh, synch, little, little nuances yeah. that make that big explosion. It's, yeah. like a, it's like a movie where it's all explosions and it's all shooting people. It's like that stuff could be cool if it had some talking and it, some build up to it. That's like what a skate video is like all just guns ablazing. I think that the approach, like a simple approach, it's the human element. That's like where you can relate to someone. It's like, I can do this. I can do this. Like, I see how he's carving, how he's coming to it, his body movement. And like, oh, bang. Like, maybe I, like, that's something they didn't expect. Because it's like, they get the time to connect with, like, all right, he's, he's just as good as me. He's, like, not doing anything special. Um, but, the, but then the trick works. Because you get to connect with the person before he does the trick in some way. Like exactly. He's just, he's just playing around. He's just having fun. And, oh, the trick was like... Yeah. I always, um, I always think it's, it's equally as important to make someone look good, good. It's equally as important to make someone look bad as it is to make them look good. And I, I mean that, like... I mean... Honest, not bad. Honest, not bad. Yeah, not bad. I mean just honest. And everyone in a certain... Uh, yeah, you're right. Not bad, but showing, Honestly. showing them not in an awesome way. I mean, the, everyone. A lot of role bettors do have like a Superman and a Clark Kent. Like they have, they have a person who's capable of like top soul, Gap the King, top soul, the, the Superman, and yeah. then they have a Clark Kent who goes home to a shitty ass apartment, who's got shitty bills to play, pay, works a sh- job that they hate, people make fun of them for rollerblading. So there's those two sides, and I think by showing that more honest representation of their life, it makes when they do do that Superman shit so much more exciting, because it's like, you relate to that Clark Kent, and and you learn something about him, and you're learning a big part of who he is through Clark Kent, and then you see, holy shit, Clark Kent's doing that? Holy shit, like this guy that I that I related to and I saw his flaws and I saw he like brushes his teeth and he's a piece of shit. That guy pulled that off. It's like, it impresses you so much more. It's like, if you just see him as a superhuman, you just expect it. You're like, yeah, it's Superman. But it's also not just seeing 
Um, I think it's more about the environment because, you know, we can... You watch a movie and it's all like, you know, tricks on rails. But it's really the, like, the... What makes that spot different than another rail? It could potentially yeah. be like... You can still do like the spin to win on the rail, but maybe like how you approach to it before you do it, um, maybe it had like a bunch of cool like rocks, you know, that you kind of like ran through it and then landed and like quickly turned into like a quick hurricane topsail down the rail. Yeah, like, yeah. That's like impossible to do in another spot because the approach is uncomparable to any other rail. Yeah. So it's fu it's fine to keep like some, like even if you find, um, if you just want to skate the rail, yeah. Um, try to make it your own. Like try to really find what makes this rail different than another rail. It could be just the approach of it. It's like showing the environment. It's funny though. Because I I think a lot of people um, they they're really good rollerbladers and so they wouldn't just put like they wouldn't put just a sole down a rail or something like they're so tech they would this is like and while I'm saying this I'm like oh people are more mature now but I think there is still this feeling like something's too easy and that kind of holds people back from from doing those cool things or focusing on the other aspect of it and because honestly, sometimes it's not possible to do something nice on a rail. Sometimes a rail is really hard to skate, and you'd, it would be amazing if you just did a sole or what am I saying? People just want that highlight trick so bad that they go to like pristine, perfect run up, perfect yes, rail, exactly. perfect landing, and they want to like execute it in that certain like gymnast kind of perfect way where they would go to like a shittier spot and it almost doesn't show them in an as good of a light so they wouldn't do anything yes I, I when think, that other spot offers more possibilities I think a lot of it is also depending on um, like a lot of people would do good tricks because they know they're being filmed if you're a cameraman if you can work with the person filming you and you know it's going to be filmed well to show the difficulty of the spot you would want to do that but most filmers are horrible. Like yeah. most people that film rollerblading are really bad filmers. Well, so it's not just not just the filmer. I think the skater and the filmer have to work together in a lot of ways. Like yeah, like the skater has to show. Like that's what I want to do. Yeah, and the filmer has to. The filmer has to like believe shut in the it fuck and, up yeah. and just listen to the skater. Because the skater wants to do a certain. Yes, there's like weight. Um. But it's a balance because the yeah, filmer yes. goes through that physical action of actually filming it. Like, but he has filming, to understand what filming is, I think filming itself is, is something that we should get a lot better at as rollerbladers. Rollerbladers could be like incredible filmers. And I don't mean like pushing dollies on the ground and I don't mean like really high yeah, quality. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, It's more about like the nuances of how you, when you're rolling and how you're filming it and how, and the angles at which you're pointing. Yeah, and the like, speed that it, uh, like the emotion that it like 
gives. Yeah. Like, the speed that it gives, the energy. Like, showing someone's face at a certain time. Yeah, exactly. Like, showing a face on the approach or getting ahead so that the person's coming right at the camera. That's, like, like the there's biggest so thing. many it's exciting like, ways. Like approaching, like, skating towards the camera has so much more power. Yeah. It just, like, makes skating look amazing. Like, you're yeah. in your face. Like, it's coming at you. Yeah. It's, like, 3D. Yeah. Instead you can really of like, feel it. Yeah. There's certain, yeah, when something is, the filming can be, it's like an art into itself, really, yes. the filming. Like, people need to focus on filming the way they focus on skating in a way. Like, you're, you're performing an art. Like, when you're filming a trick, you're not just filming a trick. At that moment, you're painting the visual picture yes. for the whole thing. You're, you're in charge. You are in charge of how this is going to look. Not the skater. The skater's not in charge. Yeah. You're God. You're pointing the camera wherever you want. You're making it happen. So your role is, in a way, it's more important than the skater. Yeah. And, and I think, to be honest, when we were filming this weekend, like, Taylor is pretty good with filming. Josh is pretty good with filming. Um, but I, I wasn't too concerned because I haven't, like, skated aggressive for a long time. I honestly didn't care. I was like, yeah, just film it whichever way you want. Yeah. I was really doing most of those tricks for myself. I re I'm really happy that some of them got captured in like a nice way because I was like, hey, do you want to film? Or yeah. I wasn't like too pushy about it. And if the shot didn't come out, I didn't really care too much. I was really doing it for myself at that point. I don't have much to prove. If I get good clips, then I'll share them. And hopefully someone will get inspired. Um, and hopefully I'll get some good comments. Uh, Hopefully I'll get some bad comments. <laughs> I, I do like comments, yeah. It's, uh, I, I, like to, I like to show off. <laughs> you know, it keeps me... I've never been ripped apart as much as I did for this Julian Baugh podcast. Really? Yeah. What, what was... Like, ripped apart on, on Roller News, like, getting hate mail. Getting tweeted at and, like... People are that's angry. very good. That's <laughs> yeah. very that's what you're yeah, doing something it was, right. Like I'm I'm pretty good at taking I'm pretty used to it. Yeah. But, but it kinda like, got to me. Like it was pretty intense and it was really personal. Tell me. Well, I could read you a few comments. Okay. But well No, I I think that's interesting. To be honest, I, I kinda don't like where this conversation of me my skating is going because uh I, I want to put out the edit. I don't like talking about my skating. I like to show it. I understand. You know? It's fascinating listening to you talk about it. Yeah. Even, like, to hear someone, I think, describe their thought process when, like, thinking about a trick or, like, executing a trick. Hmm. It's really interesting, and it led to that whole... The trick's just the bonus, man! Yeah, I think that was a very good point that came across from it, that... The trick is it, it's, the it, bonus. It's about the skating... And a song is... And the filming and, like, capturing, like, the, the fun act of rolling. And the tricks are just a bonus. That's it. It's like the... It's like the... How do you call it? The... Icing on the cake. The icing on the cake. The I rolling is the, the cake. The strawberry on the cake. The trick is the icing. The icing's great, yeah. but a whole bowl of icing, you don't yeah. want that. You no. only want a little bit of icing on a cake. To keep you interested, to not know when this... When this... Uh, Strawberry is coming. Yeah. You know, it's just like you're going around, like, boom, and then you, like, taste that shit. Yeah. And then it's like, once you taste it, it moves on to, like, more 
rolling around, yeah. having fun. It's just then, enough. You enjoy like, it so much more because you've been eating this cake. It's not just like a bowl of icing. Like, yes. There's, and there's, oh, a strawberry? Damn. But anyway, so what, oh, was what, that do, what do we have? We're at one, one hour and 23 minutes and some seconds. I want to change this topic to... Change away, buddy. I, I want you to tell me about those uh, comments. The comments? Yeah. Oh, uh, about your, your podcasting. Okay. Let's just... Okay, so I blocked... I blocked my first person on Twitter and it wasn't, it wasn't that, he just pissed me off because he was just taking things I had said out of context Yeah. and he was basically, he was like telling me what I think and I just got irritated and it was excessive. He tweeted at me like five times and, and it was like a series of like, Okay. I wish I could read, read, I wish I could read the, one of them was about not, not liking Vine Street. Yeah. And he was, like, giving me shit about, like, saying that I'm, I don't know, close-minded or, uh, like, his, th- his thing was, like, you're as hypocritical as the people who you can get mad at for shit-talking. You don't even like Vine Street or something. Okay. And I don't give a shit if people shit-talk. I like shit-talk, first off. And I, I, I don't need to like a video. That's fine. I don't need to like a video. You didn't but, get what you wanted to get out of that video. Not that it's a ba- not that you're saying it's a bad video. It's just it's just not your video. No, I I didn't. It didn't. It didn't have an impact on me. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. I don't. If someone else liked it, I, I like them. I wouldn't like argue with someone. I yeah. wouldn't say, "Oh, you shouldn't like it." Good if yeah. you like it. Okay. Well. Okay. So he said um, this. I hear you. I don't know. Well, anyway, I'm not doing a very good job of explaining his tweets because I can't see what the tweets are because I blocked his ass. Well, from your memory, it clearly got to you. Anyway, this is... that's hard. That's hard. I talk a lot of shit about you. I'm usually I'm usually better at accepting at seeing these like comments, but but those are I just, good. I didn't like it. Okay, this this guy quotes me. If I had a fucking skate company, I would want my team members smacking hoes in hotel rooms just for the publicity. Like I wouldn't give a fuck. Quoted Todd McInerney. You represent the lowest of low in our sport. No wonder people hate on rollerbladers. The level of respect in this sport is deadly. P.S. If by smacking hose you were referring to Coco Sanchez, wow. So it was like it was. I know it. It was. It was distasteful, but it was a joke. I was like, yeah, in a metaphorical sense. I thought, I thought, in a metaphorical sense, I meant I would want my team members smacking hose. I don't actually mean I want them to be hitting women, but I just want them to be like controversial and and. Starting up some shit. Fun. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think he said anything wrong. I'm not but like... He just took it so seriously. Yeah. And, uh, like, I understand people are going to... Can't believe I wasted my life listening to this bullshit. Jay Baugh is a douchebag. I already knew that. Why do I keep giving this guy the benefit of the doubt? Dude's wife was sweet. Kind of sounded like he was making fun of him the whole time. Baugh's Carly, just Carly too stupid did, to realize. Carly was a little, like... I, I was kind of A little condescending? To, I was like, <laughs> man, she sounds like a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. No, no offense, I love Carly, but she was kind of, I think she has like her mood swings. I think at, she, at, she was playing point, a character. She Yeah, she was playing a character, she was trying to prove a point that yeah. like, alright, so blah, 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 yeah, like yeah. I don't get whatever your name is, and yeah. I thought it was kind of like, it was yeah, funny, it, it, I liked it. It was funny. I thought it was funny. It's yeah. not, it's not her, like, she was playing a character, I think, you know, she, She'd come on the show. She wants to sound tough. I don't yeah, know. yeah. You know, yeah. she's a little bit. It was some. She was cre- trying to create an image. It wasn't like right. I, she's not like that. 
No. Because if she was like that... She is kind of like that. She's kind of like that as a joke. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's her sense like of humor. Like, she does... She... Even with you, like, you'll, you'll yeah. say things that she's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Leo? Yeah. Like, she is, like, harsh like that. But everyone But it's exaggerated. Yeah. Uh, Todd, anyway. the interview, sounds like an absolute clown. Awkwardness in his questions and the stuff he says, plus his ideals on rollerblading, dot, dot, dot. Painful. Cool. Keep on going. Shame on you kids for listening and watching this shit. When you're producing, you are a fucking shame, men. That doesn't even make sense. No, great... Yeah. Yeah, in the loser game. Uh, I don't know, like, um. Yeah, it was. Uh, Is that you? Yeah, did you I reply? Wrote back, oh. wrote back. What did you reply? I just said, reality check, you're totally right. I got a little careless with my words at that point. I didn't actually mean I'd want my team members hitting women. I just meant I would want them to be badasses getting in trouble. My bad. Sorry about that one. Sorry, Coco. Didn't mean it. Yeah. I, and I'm sure the people that have half a brain would realize what you meant, would understand what you meant. So it's all good. <laughs> I, I guess anyway, maybe I just blew a couple comments out of proportion. Oh, whatever. I, just, I felt like uh, that's. I just felt really. You can't like, take oh. everything like too seriously. Like, uh, yeah, it's like I really enjoyed the interview. I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was really good. And like, just the fact that it got so many comments and hate and whatnot, like now people are listening to it. People that are. Yeah, you know, the, the people I just that are kind of like yeah. losers all of yeah. a sudden, like the people that post those stupid comments, that's kind of like the groms of our industry. And, and those groms are now addicted to your podcast and now they can talk shit. So like, <laughs> you, you got them. Like, they, they, they lost. You, you win. <laughs> I win. Them com commenting on your thing, they listened for two hours. You're yeah. in their brain. You made them angry. Oh, totally. So, whatever. It is good, yeah. yeah it is totally good and, you know... Now I'm totally unfazed by it. It doesn't bother me. For some reason, yesterday I just got in a happy mood, and I was like, honestly, I was considering if I wanted to continue doing the podcast. But it was a combination of these comments, and I felt, I felt a little bit ashamed about the second half because I felt unprepared, and I felt like I got a little bit too drunk. Mm -hmm. No, I think, and I felt like it was sloppy, and like, I can't even really remember like what I was talking about. I think the second and half was really I'm... good. And I'll, I'll tell you, I told you earlier, yeah, but yeah. I'll tell the listeners why I think the second half was really good. Because the first half, it's still a little fake. Like, it has, it's somewhat structured because you've talked to a few people that you don't know and you kind of know how it starts. But usually, like, when you hit the one-hour mark, you kind of run out of, like, you vent out all the questions, like, that you prepared. Even if you didn't prepare it on paper, you have some sort of an idea and you're coming into the interview with a lot of experience from other interviews with people you never talked to. Yeah. Like, there's a, a kind of, like, a repetitive thing of, like, dude, I fucking, we never met. <laughs> you know, and that kind of, like, takes a few minutes, you know? Like, so you yeah. have, like, the tools that you can kind of always throw in there in the mix. Yeah. And, like, a lot of questions you can relate to. And then it gets to the one-hour point when you know the guy, he knows you a little bit, you kind of, like, takes about an hour to open up. Then, I don't know if it's an hour or a certain period of time, but after a certain period of time, you can sense, like, all right, there's something 
we're running out of like questions that we prepared and there's some awkwardness like we're kind of searching like trying to um, I guess like fish for something for a topic yeah. just like random throwing random shit around throwing 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 and then something catches and that's when it starts to like really be very honest and like when you kind of forget about the recording where you cut on like a good topic that you can continue with yeah it definitely becomes more of a conversation it's like the first yes part is like more of an interview yeah and then it becomes the thing is it's tough over skype and it's tough when i've never met them um but i think that's like interesting part of it but i ideally i like the conversation the most too like i like the conversation part i want it to be a conversation i don't want it to be an interview like yeah. i don't want to ask questions they answer like for some and like, some people kind of expect that they're like i'm i'm the pro this guy's the interviewer and it's like i'm not i'm not i'm not phoning to do an interview i'm phoning to talk to you yes what do you want to talk to me about let's talk we're just we're just going to talk and it's like having it so long having it a 2 hour thing it makes it like you break through that whether you like it or not it you almost have to warm them up get a little bit awkward and yes. then <laughs> so yeah i think the second half is where maybe there some people are looking for uh kind of like the highlights you know they're looking for the the tricks yeah yeah same as the like, skating, right? You're looking for those like good, good tricks. But when you learn to enjoy like the thought process and like the approach to the trick and making those like points that come across as the bonus and having the conversation, the very like human aspect of it. And that's what I mean. The human aspect is you approaching the trick. Same as here. The human aspect is you like being a clown and not knowing what to talk about. Because who out there can say, I can have a two-hour conversation with a pro I never met. Yeah. Like, there would be some awkwardness, so, like... Of course, yeah, with anybody. I, I think that's kind of, like, an insecurity of someone. It's like si sitting in the crowd, someone busting, like, a karaoke thing, like, man, this guy totally sucks. So, <laughs> and But then, like, the, usually the people that say this guy sucks are fucking pussies to stand up and do it themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know? So... Yeah, like, how can you expect no awkwardness? Like, I think you've done, like, an unbelievable job with the podcast. Like, I think you're, like, it's weird to say it to your face. Like, <laughs> I'd much rather record it on my own time <laughs> and say, like, what I think about it. But I'll try to fight through looking in your eyes and saying that I think you've accomplished more than, well... I don't want to compare it to anything, but I think it's, like, fucking, like, crazy, like, how far you got with a podcast, with your new way of, like, like, it's genius, like, you're no one, in a way, like, you're yeah. not John Julio, or you're not, like, none of us is anything special, right, but, like, you're so intelligent that you can, like, you're so much smarter than, like, so many people in the industry, and you can... Which is fucked up, because I'm a retard. I don't no, think no. I'm that smart. Like I No, no, well, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you are, and that's like a fact. Like, you're a lot smarter than... Or a lot more creative, let's say. Like, smart, it's kind of like... It's not like an IQ thing. You have a, you're much more visionary than all the rollerblades that follow a certain, like, path. And like, oh, 
this company makes an edit, I'm going to make an edit. You question, like, I don't, I don't like it. Why don't I like it? What about it I don't like? You know, what can I do that I like? You know, how can I bring my personality through? Like, what yeah. do I want to get out of it? I want to talk to fucking, find out what this guy, what Chris Happy thinks. And I want to find out what this guy, and how can I get there? And it's incredible that you got there. Like, you have how many fucking podcasts? Like, 86? I think this is number 88. 88? I think so. Yeah, that's... That's unreal. Like, that's, like, such an accomplishment that you made... Like, think about it. You made 88... You created a new way. Even though, like... Yeah, it came from somewhere. Like, you've listened to, like, other podcasts. Um, But to take something from take something from somewhere else and implement it into rollerblading and like every podcast that you make like it's now on roller news like you just um and anyone else that would do a podcast now in rollerblading would be copying you like this is like your thing like mushroom blading yeah like you took it even though the name might have existed but it takes someone to say that that's a thing. Like power blading. I've been doing power blading before power blading came out. Dustin, the guy that was one of the guys involved, I was like trying to convince him forever when when he was living in Vancouver. Dude, like, you gotta fucking skate those frames. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I will, I will. And the next thing you know, a year later, he goes to, like, Barcelona and, like, a big... Invents power in, blading. Invents power blading. <laughs> uh, but it's awesome that it's invented. Like, it doesn't... It's good for rollerblading. Yeah. Um, but it takes a person, uh, like an influential person, like you or Dustin or Richie, to say that that's a thing now. To right. say that podcast is a thing. You know, like make it something. Yeah. Like, like what the voice com were talking about the idea. Well, really, it, 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 uh, it shows you that you can almost do anything and if you do it for a certain amount of time consistently people begin to see it they be it becomes a thing yeah like it took it took like a year of just putting out crap and kind of learning how to whatever how to do it how to talk um and then like chris haffey contacted me but like i think I, yeah, I've accomplished a lot, but I don't think it's, like, I don't think it's, I think it's, it's a work in progress, you know? Yeah, it's, it always is, you can't, you can't, and that's a problem with a lot of people, like, with rollerblading in general, they never see it as work in progress, like, they're all, like, they get to a point, it's like, okay, this is what we are, that's what we want to do, or, it, It's never going to go anywhere if you keep it, you know, like, it's never never going to... It's never going to change if you don't change it. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. That makes perfect sense. Um, so... I'm tweeting that, dude. You nev- it's never going to change if you don't change it. <laughs> yeah, rollerblading is never going to change if you don't change it. That's the thing. Yeah, that's a good saying. Fuck yeah. Um... never gonna change if you don't change it don't change it 
Tweeted. Worldwide. Did I spit on you a little bit? Now the world knows. Go um, forth with this knowledge and change. So, so I think what you're doing is you're changing it. You're, uh, you're, uh, the battery is going to die. Oh, it would be better. 20% remaining. That's fine. If That's it, a fifth. Yeah, if it dies. It's a wealth of battery. Yeah. So, okay, more about the podcast. And, um, it's awesome that, like, because people all of a sudden, they listen to, like, Angie Walton interview, for example, and they're like, oh, like, this is awesome. And then they go listening to your next interview, expecting the same shit. When all of a sudden, after this, they get the Julian Bot. It's like, you know, like, you can't compare the two people. They're both like, I love Julian Bot, like, from this interview. I never talked to him. Um, I have, like, um, I think he's awesome. Like, he's doing really cool stuff. And I respect him a lot more than I, not that I didn't respect him before the interview, but it, he's just real. You know, yeah. like, there's no bullshit. I don't care if people like what he does or don't like it. He's not fake. He just says it, like, how it is, or at least that's how I felt. Yeah. I didn't feel that he's, like, fake, or he's just, like, that's what it is, and that's what happens, and... Yeah, I yeah, I, I really wanted to do one with Jay Vaughn. Yeah. Like, for a long time, because I felt the same way as you. Like, it's not like I didn't like him. I just didn't like, really, the way he was portrayed in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like... I think in a lot of stuff he's kind of portrayed as in this like a uh, glamorous kind of surface level like gangster kind of like he looks really good and he's got the shades and and he's he talks and it's like the one liners and it's it's kind of a highlight reel yeah. but I I knew that this I knew that he's kind of like he's an interesting person like get him talking get that dude talking for yeah. a couple hours and he's going to reveal so much about himself more than you would ever see in any of these edits that are being made. Yeah, exactly. And that's like the beauty of like what you've accomplished is that you can showcase like a, a more honest take on those skaters. Like get people like really love their sport. And I can love try. The people. I can try. Well, you've done the, the best job. Like there's no... Yeah, there's, there's no one to compare it to. <laughs> there, there's no section that Julian Bach can ever produce that would make me connect with him on the same level that I connected with him when I listened to that podcast. Wow. It doesn't matter how many fucking Daily Breads Angie Walton would have produced, I would have never connected with her as a person. Like, what you've done, like, it's... I don't think you realize the magnitude of, like, what you're doing with those podcasts. But, like, people that love Chris Huffy... Um, they love Chris Huffy, but after listening to a podcast, they it's completely different. Like, or like any know like, him so much. I more know him in a, such a different way. Exactly, and like I love him so much more. Yeah, and it makes his skating that so much, much more interesting. Exactly, and the Jay Bob podcast it makes people like or or see his skating in a whole new way because yes. they spent two hours listening to the dude on an awkward phone call. Yeah. But he wasn't awkward, like... No, I didn't I think it was awkward. And I know what you're saying with... Uh, um, I think he talked about it at the beginning there. Like, how you can sense awkwardness. Did he talk about it in this podcast? or? Yeah, I was talking about how... I feel like I'm kind of responsible for that. Like, if... If I put, I, I it's if my job to kind of put them at ease. It's my yeah, job yeah. to 
to make them comfortable. You know, yeah. I am the host. Mm -hmm. So if they're, if they're nervous, if they're uncomfortable, mm -hmm. it's my job to loosen them up. Yes. Like, to just have, <laughs> have fun. Or... You want to loosen me up face to face? <laughs> I don't need to loosen you up. This is amazing. Do you remember the first interview we did at, at the shop? At the shop. I was very nervous. Yeah. yeah. I was very nervous. This uh, is I... like night and day. Yes, it is. I don't know why. Because I think you, you kind of understand it a little bit more now. Like back then, it was more like, are people going to listen to this whole thing? Like, um, you yourself, you didn't listen to people talk for... Yes. You didn't see how that would work or... Because you kept saying, how long have we been talking? Are you going to edit this? Like, you know, like... Yeah, there, I know. <laughs> I, I didn't get it. There was definitely, you were like... I was going along with what you had in mind, but I had an open mind to do it, right? Yeah. But I don't know if it's your podcast, because uh, everything I do in my life is rollerblade related. Yeah. <laughs> like, my life is rollerblading more than fucking anyone. Like, I fucking <laughs> yeah. live in boxes. I wake <laughs> up at night, go to the washroom through fucking boxes and piles of skates. Uh, I wake up, I fucking, all my phone calls, like everything I do, my fun time, like after, like now I go like, all right, I need to relax, I'm gonna go and like, talk to Todd. <laughs> go talk to Todd <laughs> I need to get off, like, yeah. work, like I don't feel like fucking working today, too much headache, I need to go, I wanted to go skate, but my legs are too tired because I skated so much. All from the weekend, eh? Yeah. Um, sorry, where was I going with it? Yeah, so my life is all rollerblading. And I feel that since you started doing the podcast and I got... Um, like, I started... Just thinking a lot more about everything. Like, I think it, like, it really affected me as, like, a personality. Like, I started... It's funny because I have, like, Carly and I have talked about how you've really undergone a metamorphosis over the last what's while. A what's a metamorphosis? Like a big change in you. Yes, I like definitely... noticed a huge change in you. Good, good, because I feel like that. But yeah. I think, like, it, it applies to, like, my company and, like, everything that, that's happening, like, my relationship, whatever... Um, just like my view on life and I'm sure there's still like you know there's a lot of like better things that like a lot of changes that could come you know yeah yeah so I'm not like cool like that's it I'm no no but, but it, it just yeah it seems like you're but I you're feel digging. like digging you're digging I, I'm loving life uh, but I I think a lot of it became because I started really thinking like questioning a lot of stuff about skating and about um, just like my personality because my personality is all skating so when skating I get this like new thing of like talking about things and like being more philosophical about like skating that's it, that's it. so you kind of inspired me to be more philosophical about skating and skating is such a big part of my life, so being philosophical about that makes me a lot more 
philosophical about like my personality because my yeah. personality is my skating yeah um, I have very little outside of skating and uh, yeah so like the impact that you had on me I don't know if you would have the same impact if I was in a different country but like you as a person uh, yes you and Joey started it but I, I listen to a lot of Joey's podcasts but I, I connect with you so much more <laughs> uh, I don't know you like a lot of my um, what you said like how did you call it this fancy word you used uh, metamorphosis metamorphosis <laughs> I'm saying it without knowing what it means it's but like I kind of know the caterpillar goes through a metamorphosis yeah, yeah, yeah. and becomes the butterfly yeah, so me becoming a butterfly. <laughs> you have become a butterfly. Is uh, um, yeah, like, I'll, the, uh, the, there's a few really big inspirations, but like you made me start thinking about it, and then there's like, like Dallas Kurtz was like a huge inspiration of being like yourself. Um. But that's just because I started, like, really thinking about things and, like, questioning and trying to be more philosophical why people behave a certain way or why skaters are a certain way. Um, and I think you have... You must have the same effect to anyone that listens to your podcast. Hopefully. I think maybe, like, right now they might not realize it, but... Um, I think that the skaters would just start questioning more stuff start thinking a little bit more about their skating um, and this would continue more into like life you know just questioning like reality and things that's happening around them not really skated, skating related or I hope that's what you would do to other people because you made yeah. like such an impact on my personality yeah and you making an impact on my personality personality impacted like the Canadian rollerblading industry in so like in such a positive way um, so the impact that you had on like a rollerblading Canada is like huge yeah that's and, really good to yeah that's really good to hear it, it is a powerful thing when like so many people can hear your thoughts they listen to you just exploring your ideas about skating about life about whatever and you know in a lot of ways I'm a lot of the shit I say I'm preaching to myself yes like, like I'm not a perfect person I'm not I, ha I know I have a lot of growth in a lot of areas and, and a lot of the things that I talk about it's like me wanting to be that yes or it's, it's me coaching myself yes in a way it's easy to talk it's easy to talk the yes, talk. Yes. You walk the walk. Exactly. And I, I find myself too, like, lately I've been, and I've been, I share that with a lot of people that I feel very good, like, everything is good, but there's still the moments where I'm like, not everything is perfect. I'm like, you know, get home and I might be like lonely and like, I'm like, oh, what am I going to do now? Like, life is great, but, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> like, should I go to sleep now? Like, should I do this? Like, it's still like, n not everything is answered yeah uh, but uh, so a lot of it like me talking to friends and like 
venting and like saying how great I feel it's also like in a way preaching to myself um, but you kind of got to do it like it's like planting a seed in your own brain yeah. it's like psychological uh, it's like an exercise to be better or like not to be better like believing in in what you say I guess, I guess yeah. there's all this bullshit of like you know, like those kind of nonsense tapes that you would say, like, say, I'm successful. I can do it. I can do it. And I you can. know what? In a way... That shit works. That yeah, shit is real. It has some, uh, uh, it has some, like, truth to it. Like, it, oh, yeah. it's not like a, it might, if you can convince yourself that you are what you want to convince yourself to be, you're going to be that thing. Yeah. It's all, like mind game with your brain exactly yeah you like trick yourself or the way I always see it is there's like there's a lot of different aspects of who you are mm -hmm. and there's a lot of conflicting um, kind of motivations and you know like you're motivated to eat you, you, you please your animal body and then there's there's a, a desire to create and and sometimes the desire to create can come from a place of like I want to get paid for my creation. I need a payday or I want respect or I want to go through the experience of enjoying it. There's a lot of different things and it's almost up to you to like clarify what part of yourself you want to like focus on and, and come from or like how you want to... What's your mission statement? What's your mission statement? Yes. Yeah. What is your Going mission statement? Going back to the mission statement. Yes. Yeah, it's like... And, and there can be mission statements for so many different aspects of, of your life. Like every little activity can have a, a mission statement. Like when you go to the grocery store and it can be diff it can be fluctuating. I mean, for certain things like a company, it's, it's, a it's awesome that you've defined one mission statement. Mm -hmm. But there's so many different ways that you could approach like skating, for example. If you're look, if there's a ledge, mm -hmm. your mission statement could be, okay, I want to, skate as fast as I can and do a soul ride. Or I want to skate really slow but slide the whole thing. Or like you invent the mission statement. Basically when, you, when there's a trick, you decide what that mission statement is. Maybe I want to... But the mission statement, like what you're saying, it could still be broken out in some way of like it could be express my idea. feelings. Ex express... Uh how I feel at that moment like that's your um, way of self-expression you know right like your mission statement in, in skating is that's my art for example my mission statement is skate in skating is to constantly reinvent my mission statement yeah and that's a mission statement it's like constantly that makes sense and uh Yeah, and, and I think you're doing it. Uh, or it's like always have different experiences. Uh, or your mission statement is not being stuck. Your mission statement is moving on. It's never being satisfied with what, where you're at. Like always like reaching. Yeah. I had a really good ex uh, cone skating today. Yes. I was kind of just doing like the same shit. Uh, well, I was having fun, but... Let uh, me get some water. 
Sure. I was having some fun, but, it, you know, I was kind of like st stagnant a little bit, just kind of doing the same stuff over and over. And then I, I said, okay, now I'm, I'm not going to think about doing tricks necessarily or doing like set patterns. I'm just going to dance. I had my headphones and I was listening to some music and I was like, I'm just going to dance to the music and I'm not going to concern myself with, you know, crisscross or like pip, pip, this pivot point or not even think about that shit. Just dance and move my body, um, but allow myself to kind of go into those things if it's natural, but that's not like, it's a bonus if I do do like a quote unquote trick. And then the activity just became so much fun. It was like I broke through to this like different way of skating in my own head. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how good the tricks were, it was like a this fresh experience. It was like really fun. Exactly. It's, it's like, finding those new experiences. That's your yeah. mission statement. Well, I'm trying to break down what's your mission statement is experiencing skating um, like in a different way. No, no, it's it's something with experience. Like you're always trying to create the experience. Create an experience. It's mm -hmm. creating a creating new experience. Yeah. That's your mission statement in skating is like creating new experience. Right. Through skating. And I suck at it, but that's kind of what I'm trying to do. But you're still creating a new experience. Even if you yeah. suck that day, you embrace how shitty you are or how like kind of like go with the flow of like you know how you felt that day and what skates you had and where like a lot of people really fight that they ha they come into it with a plan right where like that's what like how people that don't like your podcast after listening to like Angie Walton like they come into it with like a plan and they don't embrace things for what they are. Like or they're not like expectations. They're not looking for a new experience. They're looking to meet, right. like previous expectations or exceed previous expectations. They're not looking to get a new experience through a podcast. Yeah. You know, one podcast might make it's like music. Not every song gonna make you feel the same way. So yeah. you can't say I like this song and I hate this song. It's like. You know, today you might hate that song, but when you feel sad or whatever, this song might really touch yeah. touch you in some Connect way. With you. Yeah. So so you gotta be open minded when you listen to stuff or just try to like erase, you know, your expectations. Yeah. Like have come into it with no expectations. Let the experience take you on a ride, on a yeah. roll. Roll with the um that that's I think I think about times where I've not had a lot of fun skating, and mm. I think the the problem really was that I had an expectation that I I you know when you're younger and you're going on a road trip and you have this expectation of yourself like oh I'm gonna skate so good I'm just gonna like fuck it I'm just gonna go yes. so big yes. and I'm just gonna skate so hard I'm gonna skate so good and you keep telling yourself that up to the trip and then you go on the trip and you know, reality hits and you're at that spot and it's this new spot and when you're younger, like, you have these expect you, you do, you skate your hometown spots all the time and then you go to these new spots and you get frustrated that you can't skate as good on them, yes. quote unquote, because you're not used to the terrain or like, you, maybe you're, you have a little bit of diarrhea because you ate some like, shitty food or like, you know, reality is, in the moment, it's never, like, very rarely do we, 
I guess for some people they they just kill it, but but you know? that's because they come with the right mindset. Yeah, yeah. You know, they kill it because they don't get frustrated when they don't land the trick. They're kind of like, oh man, like this was. They they trying to analyze like, oh, I fell, like uh, maybe I should lean a little more this way. But in a calm way, they're yeah. co- focused and collected, and they do. They work with the skating, like they kind of go with the yeah, flow. Yeah. Like sometimes, and that's like with skating, like with editing, like sometimes it's just like gotta let things happen naturally. Like, you know, if the trick wasn't filmed perfectly, then just go with it. You know, like yeah. don't look for that like exact. Like it's never gonna be how you want it, and if it's gonna be how you want it, it's never gonna be new. Like it's never gonna be creative if it's exactly how you planned it. Yeah. So if you plan like. Like, a movie is not, like... Like, I think, like, artistic stuff is, like, really stuff where the artist can admit, like, that wasn't exactly what I planned, but it... Yeah, those happy accidents. Yes. It's, like, about aligning yourself with the possibility of those happy accidents happening. Yes. Like, you embracing them Through a certain attitude. It's, like, this... It's about having an attitude where, yeah, you're not too attached to what you want. You're just, like, oh, I'm here. We're at this spot. This is beautiful. You appreciate it, and and you go with the flow. You work with what you have, and and you're not you're not uh, you're not forcing yourself upon that moment, or you're not trying to you're c- letting c- yourself experience it in like a fresh. Well, if you think about like how small of a portion of our brain we're using. But all of your, like, your whole brain is probably working. There's, like, areas that you can't, just can't, like, reach when you're, like, focused on the things you know. Yeah. Like, the unknown part of your brain has so much, like, so many amazing ideas. So much more than what you have in your known. Like, so much more yeah. than what you have. So, yeah, like... the infinity... And you have it's the infinite. universe's knowledge exactly. embedded into your DNA. So, if you can, like... Forget about the stuff you know, like, the other stuff that would come out would be, like, the stuff that you don't know that would be, like, new and, like, creative. Right. And, uh... That's some deep stuff. That's two hours, dog. Two hours. You want to cut it? Is two hours your comfort spot? Um, You seem to get a little nervous after the two-hour mark. Do I? Yeah. Maybe it's just a habit. It's, it's like, I don't know, it's like, a, it's just a number, really. It really yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, um, yeah, we could go on. I was just kind of thinking, like, oh, I could, like, eat something. Well, eat. Well, I don't, I don't like to eat on the podcast, because, like, people listen to it on headphones, and, like, the noises can be jarring. I want the experience to be pleasurable for people. I, I do think that certain, like, I don't think the sound quality has to be... I would actually, no, 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 I would love the sound quality to be better, and I really want to get some, like, really good equipment where the the microphone is, like, the same distance from my mouth all the time, and everyone wears headphones so they can hear the sounds, and and really, like, um, they're conscious of the volume, so everyone's consistent. I want the quality to be really, really good. Okay. Yeah. um, Yeah, that's what it's... That's what it's go- building towards. Okay, good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, 
What was I saying? Uh, eating, yeah, I'm kind of mm. hungry. Well, why don't you eat some? Well, what do you feel like eating? I had this huge chicken two hours ago. Yeah, I Fuck, a... that was two hours ago. <laughs> I could <laughs> eat something myself. Let's go get something to eat. Outside? <laughs> Maybe or, uh, we should go get coffee and then I'll drop you off at home. Sure. And I'll go home with a fresh, fresh cup of Tim Hortons. Yeah, let's but do that. We, we should finish it on a note. Okay, what's the note? I think the note should be, what is your mission statement with mushroom blading? Um, mushroom blading being uh, mushroomblading.com. Okay, my mission statement, and I wrote this down. I don't know if it's my mission statement. With, we'll roll with it. I think, I, okay. I, I believe in this. Yes. Um, so my mission statement is with mushroom blading, and this is not This is the unofficial, unofficial mission statement, and I need to think about this a lot more. But the one that I came up with is strip rollerblading of its conditioning and remain as excited about it as I should be. So you can break that into two parts. First is the strip rollerblading of its conditioning. That's the way that I influence or that we influence rollerblading and rollerbladers in general is to make them think about things for themselves. Or so uh, basically forget of what, forget have no expectations. Bullshit. Yeah, have no, no expectations. Attach no image to rollerblading. Yes. Don't look at it as the cool thing. Don't look at it as a lame thing. Just experience it for what it is. And then the second part no, is... The first okay. thing is forget. And then the second part is experience for it is for what it is. Yes. Because I think, like, people... Our conditioning comes from... We're, like, stupid teenagers who are just, like, in awe of, like, pro skaters. And we, we have this idea, or I have this idea, that these pro skaters live this amazing life. And, like, I wanted that. And I saw that as this, like, pinnacle. And I idolized them. And I just wanted to, like, copy them. I would copy their skating, copy their style. I would see new videos, and I would just want my experience when I went out skating to be like that. So I was trying to like be what I was seeing. And that's natural, that's what a lot of teenagers do. But skating becomes really good when it's just your, when all that conditioning is stripped away and it's, it's I'm still trying to strip conditioning from myself. I'm very conditioned. You're I'm preaching conditioned. to yourself. Yeah, I'm preaching to myself. I'm so fucking conditioned. I still watch all these old videos and I love old videos and I'll watch them and I'll be like, damn, I want to do a trick like that or, you know, whatever. Uncle? That's okay. See him out bell. See who's calling. It's probably your wife. Word up. Hey, baby. What up? I'm just doing a podcast with Leon. Just finishing. How you doing, baby? For Kathleen? Okay. Uh, it's on the fridge. I'm just going to stop.